Welcome to a special episode of Holy Heretics, Losing Religion and Finding Jesus from the Sophia Society. We are your hosts, Melanie and Gary Ellen. And we wanted to pop in really quickly today to chat about something that has our hearts heavy. And it is what has just come to light with Ravi Zacharias and the sexual allegations against him. Uh, For those who don't know or haven't heard, the apologist passed away earlier in 2020. I think it was in May. And before he had passed, there had been some allegations of sexual misconduct. Uh, Over the years, one woman had even come out with it and he had sued her for defamation. Um, But after he passed away in the fall of 2020, an article came out with a bunch of allegations from many women. And because of that, the organization that was in his name, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, or RZIM for short, they, the board conducted an investigation and it was done by, uh, I think it was some lawyers and they just dropped their report a couple days ago and it was not good for Ravi Zacharias. Uh, They found plenty of evidence that the women who had accused him of sexual misconduct were not lying, and he had a pattern of abusing women in many ways. If you want to read about it and read about the actual, like the the allegations against him, because I don't really want to repeat them here, feel free to look it up. I think there's a Christianity Today article on the report that just came out. So, um, and we wanted to talk about that uh, because we we believe there's reasons why things like this are allowed to happen. So let's just start there, um, Gary Allen. <laughs> what I mean, there's so many reasons and we could talk about this forever and we only want this to be a quick episode today. So let what are a couple of the reasons why this was able to happen for so many years and he was never held accountable? Well, I think it kind of goes back to the the DNA or maybe the, the way in which we have organized our, our our churches, our ministries, our organizations, our families, and even our homes in the sense that they are male-dominated, uh, primarily where men are in leadership and they are supported by other men. And what happens is, you know, you suddenly find yourself in, in that position as Ravi Zacharias or maybe a celebrity pastor or even the, you know, the head of your home to where you have been put in a position of authority and influence over others. And there's a very little accountability. And so this isn't just the cult of personality, which I think is obviously part of the conversation um, to where we elevate people uh, and, you know, we want to put them on a pedestal and worship them and protect them and build cocoons around them. But I actually think it, it comes down to a patriarchy in, in a lot of ways, and and we see a society, and specifically an, an evangelical subculture that truly uh, promotes men at the expense of others um, to have power over individuals. And you can see how that quickly uh, gets gets nasty when when you begin to um, shun and discredit mm-hmm. or disbelieve other voices. And or when you don't even invite those other voices or opinions into into the conversation, so mm. this isn't this isn't just a about a celebrity Christian gone bad. 
I think it, it, it points us to the root of our problem in that we have male-dominated leadership and male-supported leadership at the expense of, of the marginalized. And, and it's, it's really sad. I mean, mm. it's, it's just one of the, you know, we, we see this over and over again. Um, and I think it also points to the fact that we have Christian organizations and, and also churches that are run as businesses. They, they have business mm. principles in mind. And it's they're all about growth. They're all about um, monetization, and they're all about personal branding. And mm-hmm. so, if we have someone like Ravi, uh, we're going to exploit that to an extreme to where you know when when your entire organization as a as a Christian ministry is about growth and money, then there is a, a lot of links to which you will go to either mm-hmm. turn a blind eye or to ignore. Uh, some of the evidence uh, for, and you and you move into kind of self-protection mode and you know the larger an organization gets the more susceptible it is to scandal because you you want to protect that institution you want to protect that person and if you built an organization around an individual which uh, let, you know let's let's look at this Dave Ramsey James Dobson um mm. Ravi Zacharias there is something about the evangelical world that we want to build organizations around people and then we will go to great lengths to protect those people even when they are doing things that are abusive. Well, that's the thing that's so frustrating to me about the whole situation is how the board responded when all these when the article came out in the fall. Um their immediate response, public response was we don't believe any of this. This can't be true. Right. Uh and then then public opinion pressured them into having this um, investigation and it was done by an independent firm. And lo and behold, imagine this, all the allegations are true. Like, what is it that the board thinks like we should immediately come out and say we don't believe it? And to me, it's all about like we got to protect our reputation at the expense of anything, especially at the expense of these women who were impacted so negatively by this man. Um, and they're having to eat their words now. But it's what's frustrating to me is like, it's more than you, we need more than just, oh, we're so sorry we were wrong with how we responded. Like these women, they need to be vindicated. Um, there needs to be a complete restructuring of how we set up our ministries and how we kind of tend to worship these people who are at the head of the ministries. It's, it's almost like we think because they're so smart in one area that they're like perfect. And that's why would we even think that? And why would the way the organizations are set up support that they shouldn't, they should immediately have said, Whoa, we didn't know this was happening. We're going to look into it. That's all they had to do. Right. Um, but then there's also the problem of like, this was perpetuated for years. And that means these people who knew him well and who were on the board, who should have been able to hold him accountable, turned a blind eye. Yeah. And and I think in situations like this, uh, especially in situations of abuse, y- you can actually argue there's really four categories of people. There is the perpetrator, which in this case is Robbie Zacharias. There are the victims, which are the countless women. 
there are the bystanders, you know, people who sort of supported the organization, but may or may not have really known what was going on, but they also kind of aided and abetted. And then there are the hardcore enablers, the Mm. individuals who are in leadership, who are a part of the board, who at some point turned a blind eye toward this or simply didn't want to believe it. And and I think that's one of the big problems here is the enablers are just as guilty. They they uh, were the reason why the abuse continued for mm-hmm. so long. And probably, as you said, that the structure needs to change. So maybe we need more female voices on the board. Maybe we don't need nepotism, you know, in the sense that why are your family members on on the board of your organization if they are? Um, why are you sharing power in that same way? Because, you know, th- when, when that happens, well, we got to we got to protect dad. And I don't want to believe this stuff. And for those you know, who don't know, uh, Robbie's daughter it was on the board. She recently stepped down after the report came out. But uh, it, she was on the board and she's the CEO of the organization. So the board, which is supposed to hold him accountable, is run she was the chairman of the board, I'm pretty sure. So it's run by his daughter, who probably doesn't want to know that her beloved dad is doing these horrible things. So what like that's just creating an atmosphere in which he can get away with things because then like these people don't want to know. Right. They're not people who are just gonna be objective and say, like, no, let's let's make sure there are things put in place to keep anyone who works for this organization uh from going behind closed doors and doing terrible things. It doesn't happen when you have family members. Right. And and, and we say this with with a great deal of sensitivity and a great deal of care because we know Sarah. I know Sarah really well. And um, she's a a bright, intelligent, you know, uh, caring person. And yet uh, when you build a structure like this, it's very easy to to have someone, um, you know, break it down and, and break down mm-hmm. trust. So mm-hmm. I think you're onto something as it relates to changing the structure mm-hmm. uh, of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we as the consumers, we as the, the Christians, um, we have to stop. Like we need to recognize that we have this problem with like a cult of personality mm-hmm. for and, some reason. And we're the bystanders, right? Like most right. of us are the bystanders who just right. allow this entire thing to continue. Well, or or we unknowingly support this kind of structure where these we elevate these celebrities to a pedestal because we're like, well, they're so smart or they're so good at acting or they're so beautiful or they're so rich or whatever it is. I mean, it's a a very American thing. But then in Christian America, it gets worse because then our faith gets involved. Mm -hmm. And so we have these celebrity pastors like Carl Lentz, who recently fell from grace, um, or we have uh, Ravi Zacharias or whoever it is, and we elevate them onto this pedestal, like, because they're so good at apologetics for Ravi Zacharias's example, they must be these amazing Christians. Um, They must be living by what they are preaching. And that's, I mean, we're humans. That's just not true. But we like, as the consumers, have this attitude of like needing these personalities to follow and almost even to worship. And that's a problem. Because 
our faith should never be based on one single personality or one single church or one single organization. Um, and it goes back to the ministries. If people's faith, like if, if the faith we're selling them is so tied to a personality, that's a problem because this is not about any single apologist or pastor or whatever. Like this is about Jesus. So why are we why are we entangling it so much with a single personality? It's a problem. And I think that needs to change in the way we as Christians view celebrities, but also uh, the people who are in authority. Like we should not, we should not worship them. And I feel like that's almost kind of what happens. Yeah. And we even see it in, in very benign ways. Um, you know, I think of someone and, and we're not linking him to this conversation, by the way, he just happened to speak at Robbie Zachariah's funeral. But I think of someone like Tim Tebow, who that the evangelical world has elevated as this hero within mm. the, the movement. I think there's something to be said about the idea that evangelicals find themselves or at least they think that they are being persecuted or marginalized. And so they want to win and they want to have mm. a, they want to have a winner and they want to say, see, we're cool too. See, we can win too. And, and what that does is you begin to find people like Tim Tebow or Robbie Zacharias or James Dobson, and you position them and put them up as your representative to say, you know, look, we're, we're awesome as well. We're going to win. And, I don't really know, you know, the, the all the ramifications of that, but I think it's pretty clear that that's a that's a temptation within the evangelical world is we find ourselves feeling sorry for ourselves and we want to find someone to represent us well and that person has to win and be successful and so and then when they when they do fall, we will gather around them in great defense. I mean, I can't tell mm. you how many tweets I saw when this first came out of of Christians who were like, well, we don't know what happened. We can't rush to judgment. We can't, you know, let's make sure, you know, not not guilty until proven. Well, why why is that our first reaction? Mm. Why is it always the first reaction is to defend the perpetrator? Uh, how about listening to the marginalized, listening to the women, listening to those who have uh, the victims? And that really probably angers me more than anything is mm -hmm. we are so quick to defend our Christian celebrities. And I mean, very rarely does anyone go, you know what, I I'm going to I'm going to put my allegiance to this person on hold. And because of my belief in Christ, who stood in solidarity with the marginalized. I'm going to listen to those who are voicing their concern um, because how much courage did it actually take for that first woman to speak out, yeah. that second woman to speak out? Why don't we listen to them? And, mm. and that, 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 that really, like I said, probably bothers me as much as anything. Well, and all of this ties into what we've been talking about in our last, all of our episodes up until now, is the church has... A problem, the, especially the white evangelical church um, in America with worshiping power and patriarchy and purity instead of worshiping God and being mm -hmm. about God's kingdom. It's about our kingdom. And I mean, and if we just substitute the word brand, I mean, it's so easy to see. Like it's about building our brand as a church, as a ministry, as a single uh, like 
person who is trying to like create a new movement like why why are all these things named after (laughs) the people if we're really about the gospel and about god's kingdom then why are we naming them after ourselves and why are we why is our face on everything you know like that has to change but also i think this ties into like why so many of us are just so disillusioned is we see this these problems we don't really know how to put words to it and then we hear about things like Ravi Zacharias and how he used his power to silence women, to gaslight women, and to stay in this cycle, this habit of abuse, um, and even like use like use God's name to like justify it. Like this, he he was he said to some of the women, like this was his reward for being such a hard worker for the gospel, Ugh. and um, he even said at one point. Uh oh, he told a woman she better not say anything to anyone about what he'd done because if she did, then souls would be lost because his reputation would be damaged and then people wouldn't come to God. Mm. I mean, like that is horrible. That is horrible. Do we actually love the gospel and God's kingdom? This is why so many of us are disillusioned and this is why so many of us want nothing to do with the actual church or with the establishment. Um, and so I think if we if we want to move forward and build a new church, those of us who have left and said, I'm never going back there, we have to learn from this. We have to see like these are the things that aren't working because we love them more than we love God and more than we listen to how God has shown us how his kingdom spreads. Mm. And so we have to start seeing that and going, hmm, what do we need to do differently? How do our new communities need to be structured how do we build accountability and honesty into things and how do we build the, like you said the belief of the people who are marginalized because we we just are so quick to defend those in power or those that we have idolized and that has to stop we have to stop that if we want to move forward and build a better faith in the future yeah and i think it starts with how we structure um, our communities, our churches, and our families that we need we need far less hierarchy and and, and far more um, community and, and commonality mm. uh, to where there are multiple voices brought to the table. Um, there is shared power, there is shared authority, and there's diversity in that. And so I do think that, you know, you said at the very beginning, there's a structural problem. And that structural problem is we really like living in a world where there is a a strong man at the top who is Mm. all powerful and they rule and the rest of us sort of submit. And that's pretty pervasive in the church. And and it it just needs to stop. And I don't really know how to do that beyond just tearing Mm. the institution down. But, you know, we've we see it in in christian organizations as uh, as well that there's this primary person at the top who cannot be questioned mm. and they almost function as like this cult like leader where everyone you know supports them and rallies around them and i think that's a warning sign among very mm. very many yeah. others you know if, if you're in a relationship personally if you're in a church if you're in a business or an organization where there is that cult of personality where there's someone 
elevated above everyone, everybody else, you better get out because there's something going on there that's, you know, that's, that's unsafe. Yeah. Well, we could probably talk about this forever, but we'll go ahead and stop there. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope that this was something that was helpful for you. We'd love to know your own thoughts on what has happened with this whole scandal. Uh, so please find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook as at Holy Heretics. And we're on Instagram as at Holy Heretics Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us a message or comment on one of our posts. Um, I'm sure we missed a ton of stuff, but we just wanted to get the conversation going and we wanted to just come out and say, like, this is not just, as Gary Allen said, an isolated problem. This is a systemic problem. We have a lot of those in America right now, and we have a lot of them in the American church, and we need to work on rooting those out. And I think what happened with Ravi Zacharias is just a symptom. So that's it for today. Feel free to shoot us a message and comment and let us know whether you agree, disagree, whatever. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We will be coming out with more of these episodes in the future as things arise, because we want to be able to talk about things that are happening right here, right now. Thanks so much for joining us. This episode was written by Gary Allen Taylor and Melanie Mudge and produced by the Sophia Society. Music is by Faith and Foxholes and sound levels were mixed by Joshua Mudge. 